Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. If you listen to Sound Therapy for Tinnitus, you may have come across Dale Snail. It's a very popular YouTube channel. And today I'm here with the founder, Dale. We're going to talk about sound therapy, the mixing point, but more importantly, Dale's unique journey of going from creating ambient sound files on YouTube into realizing there's a huge need for those who have tinnitus and then specifically how he created files designed for someone with tinnitus, which I've listened to myself. Dale, welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. Please give us an introduction to how you got introduced to tinnitus and a little backstory about your tinnitus too. Thank you, Dr. Ben. It's great to be here. Big fan of your channel and everything you're doing for YouTube. So originally, like a lot of YouTubers, my channel was just kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what was interesting to my listeners. And so back in 2012, I posted pink noise, which is full frequency noise. Probably most of your viewers are familiar with that. We love and pink I thought, noise. Yeah. And it was one of these things where YouTube had just unlocked unlimited upload times. Now it's limited to about 12 hours. And so I thought, well, this would be great for audio engineers. And it turns out then the comments started coming in and People said things like, this helps me sleep, this helps with my ringing ears, or my disruptive roommates playing video games at night, and different things like that. And so I realized there's a value there for people that are using noise to help with these external sound disruptions or to give them a little calm, and then also for tinnitus. tinnitus. And so over time, comments would come in, can you do a higher frequency sound? So I covered the broadcast colors, which are commonly known as red, which is also brownian, uh, gray noise, pink noise, white noise, blue noise moving up the spectrum, and violet noise. And then about six years ago, somebody contacted me and said, can you do something higher than, than violet noise? And so I said, sure. And again, I didn't understand the value that this would have to people. And so that was very high frequency noise. And so I posted that and it was it was very popular. And then I started getting a lot of tinnitus specific comments and people saying how wonderful it was and started selling those clips online. And then about a year and a half ago, I decided to do some tinnitus specific videos. And a lot of that had to do with some stuff I had seen on the American Tinnitus Association website about interrupting the ringing by introducing a new sound that is in the same frequency range, but generally a, a different sound than the pitch. So if you have ringing tone, you could have noise and then your brain would be trained away from that sound. And so I'm fascinated with neuroscience. And uh, again, my specific skill set is in audio engineering, making records, live sound production. So in effect, I have a little bit of tinnitus myself and from just all that exposure to sound, but I have a knack for creating interesting sound that can be valuable to other people. So that's that's how and we when, got here. And when we review your YouTube channel, it's very open to the public. We can see which videos are the most popular. Well, we can infer those are probably the ones that are also the most helpful, or at least the ones that yeah. people listen to all the time over and over and over. Now, 
as an audiologist, we are open to any sound that helps someone. Pink noise and similar sounds seem to be the best long-term approach to promote habituation. That's how the medical devices for tinnitus, the tinnitus masking devices, that's usually what they rely on as well as different forms of white noise, different degrees of high frequency information specifically. Mm-hmm. How do you approach creating these sounds and which sounds are the most popular? Well, the tinnitus scrubber was the first purpose specific one. And that has sort of almost scrubber, like scrubber. I'm in the shower. I'm scrubbing. Yeah. My well, that creates some funny comments <laughs> and the flosser. And uh, we've come up with a bunch of different names, but a lot of those are just to identify them as different sounds. But the idea with the scrubber is, yeah, it almost sounds like a toothbrush or like a rainbird sprinkler. And the idea being that it would, that because I don't know, I can't analyze what a listener's frequency, problematic frequency is. If I vary the frequency and slide past their problematic frequency, perhaps their mind will latch on momentarily and go past it. And so there's a lot of what I call sweeping noises too, where I take a band of noise and then I vary that frequency. So at least we know it goes past the ringing. It's, un, you know, mathematically, it's going to touch on it momentarily. And the theory was that would potentially help people. And it seems to have done that. And then it also kind of creates a calming, meditative, almost like an up-down, breathing, yin-yang kind of effect. But the scrubber is very popular. The tinnitus zapper, that's a 13,000 hertz focused noise. And then there's another one above that, the zinger which is 15,000. And I thought that would be high enough. And and I basically drill down on what the viewers want. And I snip a lot of comments and put them into an, an idea bucket and then create those based on the demand of, of the listeners. And so far, they've had me go all the way up to 18,000. I haven't gone beyond that because most of us really can't hear that high. And YouTube doesn't deliver sound. The way that audio is is digitally compressed for delivery on the internet and MP3s, it really starts to lose its quality. Mm. But um, A few things that come to mind, and, and one reason I love we're collaborating here is that we're both here to help people and in different ways coming from different backgrounds. But in the tinnitus world, for someone who's really paying attention to what's helpful, this intersection of good audiology and good sound engineering it's right where someone wants to be when they're looking for tools and technologies to help. So from the medical perspectives, anyone here on our YouTube channel following Tribal Health, et cetera, has had a lot of information about tinnitus from my perspective. What is it from your perspective that you see that most audiologists might glance over or not pay too much attention to? Well, some of the comments I see a lot are that uh, the audiologist maybe doesn't get what I'm going through. And I don't know if that's just a disconnect in the communication. I'm really fascinated by the positivity and how that can create well-being. Just having the comment field, the community that I've created on the Noise Ambient channel is essentially a focus group where people can share ideas and, and there's conversations going on in the threads of people supporting one another. And so just having that support is a a huge part of helping people to to get better and to learn to live with it. So it's not just about the clinical side of it. And one of my goals is to direct people to these clinical resources and audiologists, ENT doctors that can help them. And that's why we're here. I'm so happy that you've reached out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share one thing is that when the audiologist approaches uh, sound therapy, 
the average audiologist will say things like, have some background sounds on. Use sound, it will help you habituate. Your hearing aids or tinnitus maskers have different preset sounds in them. You can consider different tinnitus apps as well. A more advanced approach will consider things like playing different samples of sound and asking the patient which one is most comfortable to you. And then making that the primary setting in devices on the ears like tinnitus maskers or hearing aids and following the tinnitus retraining therapy approach, that protocol, using that consistent low-level background sound over weeks to months can help reduce the perception of tinnitus, promoting habituation in the brain. Mm -hmm. But then there's this world of Bluetooth streaming and an infinite collection of sounds and possibilities right. of which yours are some of the best. And quite honestly, audiologists have trouble comparing is your sound better or is pink noise better? Well, your sound, number one, is not programmed inside of the hearing aids. So that makes it a little more challenging to rely mm. on Bluetooth streaming for something consistent. Number two is that because your sounds are independent and relatively new, they're not scientifically studied in what typically is, takes a lot of resources, time, money to go through that process. So those two factors, I think, create some friction, whereas you might have the best sound therapy that ever existed. It's just that we haven't necessarily tested it. What are your thoughts right. on those? Well, I think that YouTube in itself is a testing field as creators, whether you're doing woodworking or makeup or whatever you're doing, recovering vehicles, you're testing what works for your audience, and then you see what resonates with them, and then you create more content along those lines. And so I've done that. So essentially, I'm working from a boots-on-the-ground standpoint of of what my viewers want. And then when they really like something and start commenting, well, let's see more of this, then I do that. And that's led me to this point. So it's not scientifically proven, but I think there's an interesting point. I don't know if you ever read, this is your brain on music, but it's Daniel Levitin who did a, he was a Stanford neuroscientist, but he's also a music producer and in the seventies. And then he got into neuroscience and he started studying how the brain inputs sound in more of a natural manner using music. So instead of testing with bleeps and blips and noise, he would play a U2 song or a Bruce Springsteen song and come up with all these developments. So I think with my musical background, I know that sometimes I crave a song and somebody else might have no connection to that song, but I really want to hear it. And we'll put on music to make ourselves feel better, right? We self-prescribe music to make us feel better. Even if it's a sad song, we do this and it, it makes us feel better. And so I feel that's the same thing that's going on with a lot of these noises. You put it on and you're creating a potential experience. And then some people really love it and some people won't. And I see that with some people really like brownie and red noise and other people really like blue noise, completely different types of sounds. So we all have slightly different wiring for appreciating these sounds. And then you come to love some of these sounds and then you, you crave them. In fact, there was a comment yesterday from somebody that was almost a little addicted to one of the sounds. That could be another issue, but that's how I see it. So I hope we can get to do some scientific research on what's going on and drill down on it. But I think people feel better when they, they have some options and they can try something out and feel a connection a to it. It's a great yeah, point. So. The, op the options are crucial. And in today's world, there's almost infinite options. So between what your doctor, in our case, Treble Health says, and what your sound engineering 
community member who has tinnitus who's been dedicated to this, Dale Snell, is saying, take what you want from both, and likely they're both valuable, right? Mm-hmm. So for those who are listening, we're going to talk more. We're going to still have a deeper dive into this podcast episode, but I wanted to give you a shout out and a personal recommendation for those listening who have not already check out Dale Snail Noise Ambient on YouTube, find that subscribe button, join his community. We're going to be playing around with some different collaborations over the months and years to come for the tinnitus community. In addition to that, Dale, what part of your journey did we miss? What are some other notable pieces that you've learned over the years with sound, sound therapy, music, sound engineering, and tinnitus? Everybody has a very deep connection, emotional connection to music. We're all expert listeners because we've been listening from actually before we were born. That's proven in Daniel's book. And so I used to wonder, why do people say I'm mixing a, a live concert? People come up and say, hey, you should do this or that with the sound. And I thought, well, that's weird. I don't tell professionals how to do their job in other settings. But then I realized it's this deep connection to sound and music that we all have. We all have our personal favorites. And I've just learned to appreciate how everybody is so connected to sound, how it's one of the most, it affects the mind in all the the centers of the brain are affected at the same time when you're listening to music. It's tied into language. We don't know if it predates language, but it does things with the mind that are very complex and wonderful. And uh, that's why we're entertained by sound and noise can do the same thing. It can almost be like a a song and you crave a certain thing. And so that's kind of my, my takeaway so far on the journey. And uh, it's, it's just been fascinating. So thanks for having me on. Well, congratulations for 50,000 YouTube subscribers. And thank you. I want to just ask you what sounds should someone search for if they've never come across your work or they're new to it. What are the, let's say three different tinnitus sound therapy tracks you've produced that give a nice variety. So one individual is likely to find one of these three to be really helpful. What would you recommend they check out? Well, Pink Noise, the classic, that is probably the most popular, that is the most popular on the channel. And then some people are more soothed by deeper sounds. So there's super deep brown noise, which is a little lower frequency. Some people feel calm from that. Other people, it creates a little more tension. And so the opposite of that would be violet noise, which is a little bit higher. And then there's a complete playlist, uh, the noise fatigue, or I think now it's been renamed the tinnitus relief noise playlist. And so you can kind of go through all the the tinnitus versions, the specific videos there, and uh, just pick through them and see what's there. And a lot of those, I explain the concept in an introduction. Sometimes it's just text on screen. Sometimes it's myself talking for never more than about a minute. And yeah, welcome. Excellent. Stopping by. And how about for those who, let's say at home, they have an iPhone, they have maybe some AirPods, maybe they have a a speaker, Mm -hmm. maybe they have tinnitus maskers or hearing aids to help with their tinnitus. Different sound quality, how does that matter in terms of the experience? I mean, I have my perspective, but what's your perspective on the quality of sound or the bandwidth of the sound for the average person? What should they consider? Well, I think the higher the frequencies, the less it needs to be on larger speakers because you need big speakers to replicate the low frequency sounds like red noise or some of the low 40 hertz tones that I have, some of the binaural tones. The bass. They, the bass. Yeah, they really work well with headphones, uh, ear pods, of course, really nice headphones like, you know, 
beats and things like that. They're really nice. But, you know, for tinnitus masking, just even using the phone because it's so high frequency oriented, it works fine as a playback device. A Bluetooth speaker is kind of in between those, even laptop speakers. Uh, personally, I like a full frequency listening experience. So we have a stereo in our bedroom. And so we'll put that on to listen to noise and it has a subwoofer or a stereo bar. So generally, if you're looking for high frequency masking, you can absolutely do it on the phone or with ear pods. And that's a very common question. It seems to be personal taste and preference, like just like picking the frequencies. So mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Some other considerations from our side would be whenever possible, we really want to leave the ear canals open because when I'm hearing ambient sound around me, plus sound therapy on top of that, all things equal, that helps me habituate as opposed to blocking the ears with things like AirPods Pro, which might seem like a really good option, but then suddenly you're in an amplified world and you can't hear the natural ambient sound, which is so beneficial to your brain to help habituate to tinnitus. So, well, hearing what you described that the good tinnitus masking sounds are mainly high pitch, it makes me sure that you like the name of our company, Treble Health, which is- <laughs> I thought that was so clever. I love it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Dale. I'm glad you're here. And for those who want to listen to these sounds, head over to Dale Snail Noise Ambient or check the uh, tagged YouTube channel uh, in the description of this video. Dale, thanks, Dr. Ben. Catch you later. Catch you later. Bye. Thank you for watching today's video with Treble Health. Check out our next video by clicking the button on this screen or another recommended video. And if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. See you on the next video. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.